Welcome back to the Backmarkers. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Austin Evans. Hi, Austin. Hello, hello, my friend. What a lovely day to discuss our favorite sport in the world, I know. Formula One. This oh. episode is as busy as the off-season has been. <laughs> this, we have so much to talk about, yeah. and I actually think the best thing to do is to discuss maybe the possibly the biggest piece of Formula One news in history. Oh, what's that? Uh, Gunter Steiner, uh, <laughs> his contract has not been <laughs> renewed at Haas, which is, you know, everyone's sad about it, but don't worry. He's going to be uh, a correspondent on German television. Did you know about that? Is he actually really? Is that where he's yeah. going? Oh, man. Which is great. Like, Good I'm just him. happy. He's a personality these days. Like, that's him. Like, Drive to Survive this season showed that. Like, honestly, I think it might be part of the reason he's not going to be there anymore. I, I did read a rumor. I don't know how much of it I believe that he wanted a, a, a like a, a share mm. of Haas yeah. after like he was going to line up a big deal and was declined and that's one of the reasons he left but I feel like that relationship maybe broke down partly because of the the team but also maybe I think this season of Drive to Survive indicated whether purposely or not that Gunter Steiner is happier being Gunter Steiner than Gunter Steiner the the team principal yeah, like he well, just is the personality. It's just one of those things where you know he was instrumental in forming the team to begin with. He's been team principal for uh, I don't know seven or eight years or whatever, which is a yep. long time in the sport. And yeah, I, I think I was surprised watching the episode of Drive to Five. I think it's like three or four, or whatever. It just yep. how like much they just got him being like, yeah, I'm just really over this. Like you know, like he's hanging out with like Bonato. Sorry, spoilers. I guess uh, preemptively, if you haven't watched this episode, uh, this season of Drive to Survive, we're gonna try to maybe keep it a little bit light. But like, there's yep. some good stuff in there as far as really kind of yep. illustrating where he was sort of mentally and just like man this is not fun the calls to gene every weekend are not <laughs> gene <laughs> it's like the same thing every time oh i'm just embarrassed i i could not imagine having to flog myself for someone oh. on a weekly basis like that oh. but no this is obviously not what i was referring to what i'm referring yes. to is lewis hamilton joining ferrari for 2025 boy that's... Now, I told you about this, but it was my birthday, right? Last day in January was my birthday. And for my birthday, my wife bought me a Mercedes T-shirt. It's like a black and white camouflage Mercedes, big green on the front. I think it was two days later. <laughs> so it's the first <laughs> team merch I've owned. Two days later, Hamilton's leaving. So at least we have next year's birthday present sorted. So there you go. something beautiful Look at and that. red, you know, for me. <laughs> uh, so at first I thought that this was... Not true, right? Like when yeah. you start seeing the rumors, because again, like it's easy to forget, but we were talking about this a while ago because there were rumors mm -hmm. about this a while ago. Yep. And I think you said it was going to happen and I said you were crazy, I think was the way that, that went down. I think I was it taking... It was something along those lines. Uh, yeah, I mean, to be fair, I don't think I was taking it all that seriously at the time because like it didn't yeah. seem very possible, but it just seemed like previously there was something going on, right? Like they took, you know, he took so long for his contract, yada, yada, yada. But then mm -hmm. as soon as he signed his deal last year, it's like last summer or something, it seemed like it was a done deal. Like, okay, of course, you know, he's going to finish out his uh, career at Mercedes. Don't even think about it. And then out of essentially nowhere, it had just exploded. Yep. And so, I mean, you know, Lewis is doing a lot of talking uh, at the moment, right? Because in preseason testing, and for as much as we're ever maybe going to know, it, it just seemed like it's a thing that he's always wanted to do, mm -hmm. uh, is to drive for Ferrari. 
which is, you know, I think you can go back in history and find the fact that that is true for him. Sure. Um, and that Fred Vasseur, he's, he had a great relationship with him as a junior driver, as did so many people on the grid, which they do a good job of showing that in the season of Drive to Survive 2. Uh, and it just kind of feels like he's maybe lost a little bit of faith in Mercedes, which you yeah. understand why. Um, and so now the opportunity is arisen and he's going to make the best of it. I guess I'm betting on them to have a good car in 2026, right? Like, I guess that's the real bet. 2025 is not the bet. 2026 mm. is a bet yeah. uh, you would expect. And so that's what it seems like he's going for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a bold move because I think on one front you can look at it as sort of a sideways move I think over the last couple of years uh, Ferrari have been marginally the faster team but it's not like a massive difference and going into this year I kind of expect a little bit more of the same that it's probably going to be Ferrari leading Mercedes but there might not be that much in it so it's not like he's really risking an enormous amount um and uh while I'm sure that the uh you know the challenge of you know because he's talked a little bit about how he would love to help kind of come into the team when they're not you know absolutely dominating and help to push them to you know another run of championships or something i bet that there's enough zeros on the end of the check that also probably doesn't hurt things either especially as he's kind of no. winding down his career like that's that's a completely i mean it fair... is said that he is now the the highest paid driver yeah which makes sense right yeah. like i feel like and and now if McLaren tries to get Max, Max will become the highest paid driver. Because right? oh to get one, you know what? But what I mean is like those two drivers. If they went to any team other than the one they're currently at, they become the highest paid because yeah. you have to offer them a lot to get them to move. Because why would they move? Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. I guess I guess for Lewis, there is the possibility that looking at the next five years. No matter where he is, there's a fight going on, right? Yeah. Like, it's a fight to beat Red Bull. Maybe that fight is more exciting with a whole new team. Yeah. Right? There are yeah. there are new challenges, new ways of working, uh, different ethos, you know, like all of that. Maybe that is more of a, if you're going to do it, maybe that's a better way to do it than being constantly reminded of your failure by being surrounded by the success that you'd previously achieved. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you think about it, like he's achieved so much with Mercedes that yes, it would be lovely to get one more championship with them, but uh, what does that really do versus oh, imagine if he actually is able to get any kind of real success at Ferrari. Like that really kind of solidifies him as of course he's already one of the greatest of all time. Like there's no real question, the- you know. Yeah, it, it's a good argument, really, because, I mean, obviously yeah. he did terrific at McLaren. He dominated at Mercedes for so many years. And if he can really finish that up with a good few years at Ferrari, I think that's going to really dispel any possible sort of argument that, like, just, I think that would be a really phenomenal sort of step. So it's like, it's interesting. I think it's a bold move. I did not see it coming, but now that you sort of see, you know, in hindsight what's going on, obviously somewhat sad for Carlos to kind of lose his drive, but oh, I don't... It's gotten... Yeah. Like, I, I, I was listening to um, my favorite podcast, which is P1 with Matt and Tommy, who we actually got to meet them. We'll talk yes, about we that, that circus event in a little bit. But they were saying that the unfortunate situation... Right, Carlos was actually the better driver, of the two uh, in Ferrari, right? Ferrari's success last year was Carlos. He won. He, Carlos Sainz was the only person last year to deny Max Verstappen of a win, right? Like and that is off. an incredible statistic yeah, when yeah, you yeah. think about it, right? And there is 
like for Carlos Sainz, there is only one person <laughs> that could take that seat away from him. Yeah. And unfortunately, that person became on the market. Like it's so I mean, and if you're Carlos, I mean I'm sure it is it's annoying, right, and upsetting, but also you're kind of like I mean, sure. You know, <laughs> yeah, like you've got to exactly. be a bit like, what well, what am I gonna what who am I gonna fight here, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it is it is fun. I understand why they keep Leclerc. I understand that. Oh yeah, yeah. But I do feel like the two of them more recently, they are very close to each other. Like I don't I think Carlos has yeah. risen in yeah. his skill. I agree. I, I don't and think Charles has not sealed the deal. I don't think anyone can argue that Carlos is not quite a accomplished driver. I think the performances that Leclerc has been able to pull out, you think about the string of poles that he was able to do over the last couple of years, even though obviously he really was not able to hold uh, back that up with victories. You know, what he's able to extract from that car really is something special. I don't think that uh, there's a real argument that Leclerc is the best qualifier in all of F1 period. Like, I, I think that that's a pretty, mm. yeah. a pretty good argument, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think in races, he's also very good. I don't think that there's a lot of sort of things you can point to that Leclerc is not sort of an absolute elite sort of driver it's just that he has not had the team and he has also not had the car behind him to really execute in the way that i think he could like i don't think that there's any doubt that if ferrari Mm. rock up this year or next year or 2026 or whatever the case is with a car that can beat red bull that you would not see leclerc and hamilton absolutely going for it right like there's no shot that you would not see that now 2022 should have been his year like it really should have been oh god like yeah it, it, they they were racy, you know. Like they mm-hmm. had it, but it was just it really it came down to not being able to yeah. deal with strategy and iterate fast enough. But like twenty twenty two, when that season started, we all thought Leclerc was going to be world champion. Like right? That yeah, was absolutely. Where that, that year was going, and that yeah. was their chance. Yeah. But they left the door open for Max. Yeah, and that's never a good idea. So it's just I think it's. It's definitely a net win for Ferrari minus the giant pile of money that they're spending. But I think outside of that, like, there is zero sort of excuse whatsoever for Ferrari to not deliver results when they're going to have Lewis Hamilton, Charles Leclerc, uh, the car. They're going to have everything they could possibly hope for, including Fred, who really seems like he is taking it. Like, I was not actually massively convinced by that switch because, like, I always thought the Bonato was actually quite decent. Like, he seemed fine. But... What Fred is able to do with the team, not only by also getting Leclerc to sign the very lengthy, we don't know exactly how long, but a lengthy oh, contract extension. I find this so frustrating. Yeah, like the, yeah. the multi-year. Like I had this in my notes, but Charles and Lando did this. But yep. like they sold, signed a multi-year deal. But no, no one will tell you how long it is. It's just yeah. multi-year. Well, because I assume it is the situation like with Lewis. Lewis is was mm-hmm. a two-year deal, but it had a break clause. Yeah, it was and one plus these one. were probably the same. They have break clauses. Oh. Course, um, yeah. So they they don't want to talk about how long they're for. Yeah, yeah, because you can imagine that you know Lando signs a two plus one or one plus mm-hmm. one or one plus two. Well, who who knows what it is? But regardless, a multiple year extension. So it's like Ferrari have every piece possible except for the car, which it seems it seems okay in preseason testing. We'll probably talk a little bit about that later, but it's just a very interesting time. But man, if you're a Ferrari fan, you were in for a very exciting couple of years without any doubt. There's no way this is not going to be phenomenally fun to watch. Maybe a little painful depending on how things go, but if you're a Ferrari mm. fan, you're already used to that. So, you know. 
I mean, I feel like without the grid settling, because the grid is not settled for 25, but looking mm. at what we know right now, Ferrari has the best driver pairing. Oh, yeah. Yes. Right? Like, I mean, th- it could all change depending on who goes to Red Bull, if anybody does go to Red Bull. It I, could, right? It, you, oh. We don't know. Look, we didn't think Lewis Hamilton was going to go to Ferrari. Who, like, we didn't think okay, that. Okay, here's a little thought exercise. Yeah. Pair Max with any other driver on the grid and try to tell me that that's a better combination than Max and Lewis. Uh, I'm sorry. Lando uh, Norris. <laughs> Lando. Lando Norris. Yeah, Lando. I think Lando and Max is okay. a better pairing than Lewis and Charles. After he just signed his contract. I mean, I guess that is, you're right. That no, is exactly what happened me, to Lewis. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, was right, not right. what you asked me to you're do. Sure, sure, sure. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Of available drivers, I don't know. I would maybe give the edge to Ferrari still. I think Lando and Max are mm. an absolutely terrific pairing, but you look at the combination of what Leclerc and Hamilton can do together. Like, it, there is no real weakness there. Uh, I just see. Here's what, here's what I'll say. Now, look, I think with where we are today, I think Max is a better driver than Lewis. I think that's clear with where they are today. Sure. Potentially. I don't know. But I th- I feel like that is probably where we're at. I I personally rate Lando more than Charles. Do you really? Yeah. Yeah. Man, uh, the uh I I would have to go the other way on that. I think I would take Leclerc over Lando. I think Lando's a terrific driver. I think he's really, really good. There's not much in it. But uh, Lando's good, but Leclerc has just been phenomenal at everything. And I think that Lando Mm. has had a lot more uh, troubles. I don't think Lando. I don't think Lando has had good enough opportunity. That's exactly it. Like he hasn't been proven yet. Like I think when Leclerc has been given a good car, he's been able to execute. And I think that Lando's only been. Lando last year was great. Like when they fixed that car, yeah, he was leading Grand Prix. Like they want many people that are able to do that. Like, mm-hmm. I, th- I think Lando broke Max's unbroken lap streak or something oh, yeah. at Silverstone, right? Yeah, so like, yeah, yeah. with a good car, anyway, that's yeah. that's maybe an exercise for later on. Uh, I guess the last piece of news, which is like a cloud potentially mm-hmm. hanging over this, depending, especially because when we're recording, there are allegations against Christian Horner yeah. of inappropriate workplace conduct i think is maybe the easiest way to describe it there really isn't any information there's a lot of rumor but as we are recording there is an expectation within the next 48 hours an an internal investigation at red bull will be completed and then that information well actually has been completed that information has been sent to red bull not red bull f1 who are then going to make a decision about whether uh, christian stays as team principal and ceo or both or one We'll see. I mean, yeah, it's it seems so... not great. Ford are very mad, right? Like yeah. the, these are the the rumors that are coming out. So I don't know. We there is no point in us speculating on this, exactly. other than if they get rid of him, that is a <sighs> nuclear bomb dropped at Red Bull. No kidding. I uh, for reasons that we'll discuss a little bit later in the podcast. Uh, we we're maybe a little closer to this than normally you would say so, but it's just <laughs> there's nothing. There's all kinds of speculations, all kinds of crazy stuff that I've been seeing every day. Yep. I want to try to keep an open mind until we find out something because we quite literally know nothing besides rumors. So I just I don't want to judge or anything, but it does seem very serious. It does seem like there's probably something going on here, but as far as what, how bad the end result, uh, who could know? But yeah, it's certainly a cloud. But yeah, I would. Honestly, I think any any minute now we could find out something that could absolutely just either 
settle down or most likely just explode. I just, I have no idea, but it's, yikes, it has been a spicy offseason in a lot of ways. It's just, it's just, it's not stopped at all. Like, I feel like we had, like, maybe a little bit of January that was kind of chill, and then instantly it was like, Gunther's out. Um, We didn't even talk about Andretti got denied uh, yep, from joining yep, the grid, like yep. so many like of these huge things have happened, and it's just been like after one, after the other, after the other, after the other, and it's just gone. Like it is, it is absolutely wild. I am excited to get racing this weekend, though, man. I am so ready. I did just, I just went to the Sky Sports website, and they're saying a resolution will not come before Wednesday. We're recording Tuesday, so it, ah, which is wild <laughs> because media day is Wednesday, right? Oh like because God. everything's earlier this week, right? Yeah. They they're pushing it. I mean, I don't know. It, it doesn't really tell me one way or the other what's going to happen. So yeah. that's that. Yeah. Why we're talking about Red Bull. <laughs> what a segue. So me and you had the opportunity to spend some time together a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh you came to London. Mhm. And we went to we spent 2 days with Red Bull. Uh, there was we got to go to the launch of the RB20 which was amazing it was so good and we also got to spend some time doing some tours of the Red Bull facilities and we also got to see a project that Red Bull have been working on do you want to explain this project? yeah absolutely so um, Red Bull uh, they've been working on a project the gist of it is is that it is a drone which is as fast, if not faster, than an F1 car over a lap. So uh, it was developed by the uh, Dutch drone gods, who we actually got to spend some time with, and uh, they kind of showed us and everything. And essentially, this is a tiny little drone. It doesn't even look like a normal drone. It almost looks like more like a Nerf helicopter would be the best way I would describe it. That is a brilliant way to describe it's it. A, <laughs> it's just super strange, because like it's this little, little guy, right? Like You think, like you know, traditionally, a filming drone is this massive, like, like baby helicopter kind of dude. This is like, you can hold it in one hand. It is incredibly mm-hmm. small. Um, if you want, uh, there will be a video that Mike and I are maybe uh, made uh, while we were there, which will be going live in a couple of days. But uh, as of right now, this morning, Red Bull posted their like sort of official video showing everything. They did a phenomenal job. Like uh, We were only yep. there for a small part of the shoot but like the fact that they put that whole thing together so quickly and so well done like it's really impressive but like it's one of those things where you need to look at this footage because there's no way that we can talk about it to sort of get you to sort of wrap your head around it this drone is going like 200 miles an hour following max around silverstone like literally like around corners and everything it is the most visual sort of representation of the speed that Formula 1 cars are capable of that I've ever seen. It looks absolutely phenomenal. You need to check it out. I don't care if you're in the car right now, whatever. Make a reminder. Watch that Red Bull video, even if you just skim through and watch some of the actual footage they got from the drone. Absolutely wild. And seeing that thing in person. So we were there at the, uh, oh God, I'm going to forget. It's the the Proving Grounds. Uh, I forget what it was called. But um, we were at the Proving Grounds where basically they had like a little drag race set up. And mm-hmm. that drone takes off vertically, leans in, fully manually controlled, and it was gone. So David Coulthard yep. was driving, I think it was the RB8. Um, yeah, and I think so. He had like made it like 10 feet, and the drone was like gone. It was just like unbelievably fast. And it's not just that, but it's also maneuverable. It's FPV, like the whole thing. It was just absolutely an unreal experience. Like, yep. it was cool. <laughs> so if they made a video about that part that we saw, because I know they put up one with Max driving against the drone. Yes, well. so 
the video that they posted on, I think it's just the Red Bull channel. Uh, yeah, it shows the whole thing. So it shows the drag race that we were there for um, at the okay. Proving Grounds. And then later on in the video, they show the actual um, a lap at Silverstone where uh, you know Max was uh, racing. Or, well, I say Max was racing the drone. The drone was kind of racing Max, but uh, you, you, you'll, you'll see. It is wild at how fast that thing is. Like It was just... It was crazy to see it just gone. Like it just takes off, and it is literally like a little speck in the distance after like two seconds. Yeah, it was. It was. Well, for, I will say for me, it was very exciting because it was the first time that I got to experience a Formula One car. Like the 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 feeling of being around one, the noise, the the like the 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 movement that happens around this space. <laughs> so that was really cool. Um, but just getting to see, honestly, I was, I, I was, I was actually more impressed with the drone flying than yeah. the car driving. Cause yeah, that, yeah. I don't know, man. Like that seemed like the guy, the, the, the guy was piloting it. His name, he goes by Shaggy. Right. And he, it was really interesting cause he's, he was such a nice guy, but he was seemed like such a understated professional, <laughs> like so low key, yeah. but like what he is able to do and like the lap that they've, the, the footage they've posted of uh, the drone driving against like the DRB 20, it's, it's amazing. It's yeah. amazing how it looks. So yeah, this is clearly something that Red Bull have developed and they want to see it, I guess, used in the sport. Um, like yeah. we got, we got to you know the, the things that we would love it to do it doesn't do yet like it can't do live but you figure yes. that is the thing they could work out in the future at the moment it it f will follow a car and it can follow for a lap yeah. because it's being flown by someone uh, and then they can use that footage maybe in in you know you could imagine like uh, the final lap of the final race of the season like stuff yeah. like that you would assume that they would use um, but I I would. And I expect at some point in the future they will be able to get it to the point where it could, where it could show live footage, which would be pretty pretty sick. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of limitations to the tech right now because you know they're like it's not like they're just buying a drone; like they're custom building this whole thing. Yeah, like, there's actually a great yeah. there's a great clip in the Red Bull video where they show that like they built the first prototype, they tested it, they brought it back to the factory, and like, oh yeah, we've got all the materials and everything. We'll help you like sort of rebuild this thing to be lighter and stronger and faster and everything. And so yeah, the concept is right now very limited. It only will have about battery for about one lap and even then that's mm -hmm. like the drone's actually faster so we actually were talking with shaggy a little bit about it and he's basically oh he can actually go even faster but obviously he doesn't have to worry about like track limits and stuff but like he's actually going at like i don't know 80 percent speed or whatever to keep up with the car um which is just a wild thing to say as a car you know the rb20 is doing 170 miles an hour through like yep. you know cops or whatever like, it's crazy so it was very cool to be able to see that footage again highly recommend to actually go and watch it you know if you haven't seen it yet um mm -hmm. but then we also got to meet dc which was yes incredible that was cool. pretty sweet man you know what really struck me about that he is one handsome dude he's tall yeah, I, was I was about like to say it <laughs> David Coulthard is a heartthrob. Yes. Like, when we saw him, I was like, oh. <laughs> and he looks so good in the race suit, too. Yeah, he did. He is, a, he is a handsome man. Like, and I would say he looks, he is more handsome in the race suit. Like, oh, yeah. that is a good look for him. Yep. And yeah, you got, uh, so there are a few situations where, like, I guess people see this when your video goes up, where we got to, I got to play a uh, cameraman for you. You and did we a great got job. To, uh, thank you so much. And we did some like interviewing and stuff, but it was like, you know, kind of like asking them about where, you know, like with, with David, like where he sees the, this technology kind of 
the the kind of mixture between technology and F1, which is like that's kind of what we were there for, right? Is to see how the sport is now and how it's pushing forward. And I know you got to speak. We got to speak to some other people that we'll talk about in a bit, which is like yeah. a similar idea. And like it is really interesting to see things like this because you're. It almost feels like the the increased popularity of the sport is pushing them to create new and more exciting things for stuff like social media. Like this drone may only ever be used for social media, but you know what? It makes really good Instagram reels. You know? Oh like, yeah, of course. And it, like, so. so I think uh, just speaking about the drone for just like one more second, like the way they need to improve the tech is somewhat clear because now they've got the performance, mm-hmm. they've got the capability. They obviously need to work on battery life. Right now, it actually uses two cameras, so it has like a deconstructed GoPro inside to fit and be super aerodynamic. But there's also a secondary analog camera because when the video feed is actually being sent back to the headset they need minimal latency and to make sure that it is a super super clean link they actually fly a second drone so essentially it's a relay drone which kind of hovers up above the actual operator to make sure that there's no lag there's no loss in connection there's nothing like that so this is obviously like a very 1.0 kind of project, but you can imagine that, you know, once they're able to develop a little bit further, get some maybe slightly stronger radios or transmission, or however they actually are mm-hmm. able to do it, to be able to broadcast this thing in real time or something, that would be incredibly cool. But yeah, it was very cool. Very windy, I will say. Oh uh, my gosh. <laughs> the conditions that, that it was such a windy day, it was raining. Yep. Like, and that was even more impressive that everyone was good with it, right? Like, DC was fine driving in it, and th- and Shaggy was fine flying in it. I'm like, these are a bunch of professionals. Me and Absolutely. you were standing like, oh, it's so cold yeah, under yeah, our little like, umbrella. Man, yeah. <laughs> this is a little chilly out here. Uh, um, yeah, it was it was so cool. But that was only the first part of our day because we also mm-hmm. then got to go and do the factory tour at Milton Keynes. I, I don't even know how to describe this. It was... So, you do, okay, should we, walk, we should walk through the day, right? I feel like this is like a rare experience that like... Yeah. We may never get to do again, right? So yeah. we, we got there in the morning. Um, we were able to do a little like physical kind of like sort of warm up oh, yeah. with the trainer. That was <laughs> it was cool, right? So like we all come in and like they like kind of like give us some tips on like how they keep the team fresh as the team goes, you know, between you know races. And obviously, you know, there's enormous demands when it comes to traveling and jet lag and making sure jet that lag sort was of, a big thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was really cool. So we got to do like sort of that warm up. We went out to the track and we watched DC. Um, race against the drone a handful of times, and then we got to come back to Milton Keynes and do the factory tours. Mike, we're working on video as we're recording this. It's like we're almost done with it. It'll be done in a day or two. Um, half of my video is talking about the experience of walking through because yeah. we obviously were not allowed to film. Oh my! It just, I it like they told us as well. Like there is just a no phone policy yeah. for everyone inside the factory itself. Like. Mm-hmm. People do not have if they, they probably don't have their phones on them. If they do, you never take it out yep. because you're dealing with top secret stuff the majority of the time. Yes. So like yeah. we got to go through and you know like a lot of it is like looking at machines, right? Like that there is like this. You know, we're looking at these huge scale and it's it's interesting to see. But I think the thing that we both enjoyed the most was seeing the command center. Oh. So. It- every team has one of these and actually in drive to survive they show mercedes is one and it looked quite similar actually where like they only have minimal team that go to the track like they have a limit on personnel that can go to the track so kind of if you're not essential or if you're not physical in your role you stay at your hq 
and every team has a room and uh, they took great pains to tell us that like AT&T hooked them up and get them like as instant as possible connections for data and video to the track and they had this massive screen which could be split into lots of sections and they have these like four rows of seats. They said they had NASA help them build yeah. this, which looks, I mean, it looks like a a, a space shuttle launch center is it what it absolutely like. does. You got the tiered seating. Everyone's yep. got like, they're like little like computers there and the mics mm-hmm. and apparently like during actual races, everyone's there with the headsets, not talking. They're all just like, you know, monitoring their data and sending stuff back and yep. forth and it was wild, man. And that was like yeah, the first and, like, thing we saw. Everything there. Yes, it was amazing. I mean, it was my favorite thing. But like every, every all of the, the, the people working on data there, it all funnels to one chief strategist who will then talk to the chief strategist. And that, so they're running like billions of race simulations and it's and they're like, I can see every driver. They got someone listening to all the team radios. It is what you would imagine they're doing, but I didn't. I just didn't know that the majority of that work is actually happening at HQ. Yeah. That was kind of interesting to me to see that was the case. Yeah. So yeah, then we got to go through and we're taking a look at kind of the different parts of manufacture, right? That you know, they're showing us like some of the scale models that they make for aero. Um, they're showing us some of the materials that they use. We got to see some of the carbon fiber processing and stuff like Wild. that. It was really fascinating stuff to see. But then we got to do another part, which yeah. was yeah, like it's it's it feels crazy because like we were I don't even know how long we were in there. Like we they gave us a yeah. very comprehensive tour of the whole factory where they build everything. But then once we left, we got to see the Red Bull powertrains building, which um, just was mind blowing after mind blowing thing. Because first of all, this is all very new. So uh, if you're not Incredibly familiar, Red Bull are currently working toward building their very first engine. So previously they've worked with Renault back in the day, and they work with Honda engines now, but. Basically, when Honda left the sport, Red Bull decided to take their sort of the engines into their own hands and investing hundreds of millions of dollars into building their own facilities, engines, and everything, all right there in Milton Keynes. It's like, you know, it's like right down the street, right? It's all right connected, essentially. Um, and the fact that like had like built not only just like a factory, like it, it's like one thing to say, oh, they're just building an engine factory, right? But like a couple of years ago, this was like a shell of a building. There was like, mm-hmm. we walked into one part of it and go, oh yeah, last year this was dirt. And now like we're in the building with the stuff in it. It was just like, it was crazy how fast they've gone. And mm-hmm. Mike, the amount of money that was spent. I can't even. I, it's just, and obviously it was all brand new, right? Like literally like they are building their test engines, their single cylinder engines, which are the way that they do a lot of their testing. And then obviously they've got the V6s, but like, they don't have, like, as of right now, so they're building an engine for 2026. Here at the beginning of 2024, they are not done remotely, right? Like, they are still, like, in early prototyping phase. They have engines that function, but they have not, like, put the whole, at least as far as I understand, they haven't actually put, like, a whole engine together. They weren't, they were a little vague, as you might imagine, on exactly where they are in the yeah. process. But, like, I got the impression that, like, they don't have, like, the full thing built and ready to go on a car yet. They're still, like, kind of, oh, we have this piece here, this piece here. We'll put them together in two months, and six months we'll do this and that and everything. But just the amount of money that went into that facility the dinos i think we can both agree the dino rooms were the craziest thing in there right like so these are these big testing machines essentially that you hook up an engine to and they can simulate what that 
what one it can give all the power to the engine to make the engine run but it can also simulate a bunch of things that could occur to an engine during its production right and so they can also test it over long periods they can hook it up and just have it go for hours and hours and hours and hours like these are full huge machines i mean every single one of these is millions and millions and millions of pounds and they had so many of them yeah and they also had them very like we saw this this machine that was the size of a room to test a part the size of an iphone the turbo it was like they the turbo yes it's like i've never it was (laughs) it was wild it was like something out of a superhero movie. It's like, Absolutely. is this dino going to explode and turn me into Dino Man? Like, what's going to happen here? You know, like there's a big radioactive turbo. <laughs> like, it was, it was, it was crazy to see. But again, like, one of the things I was struck by in all of the people that we got to speak to is how proud everyone is of the work. Yes. They do. And ad- additionally, something that I was also really struck by is everybody was wearing team uniforms. Yeah, 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 yeah. The people in the factories, the clothing that they wear, which is obviously provided by Red Bull, it looks the same as what you see the mechanics wear. Yep. And so I was, throughout this entire experience of seeing these two facilities and seeing all these people working, and I was struck by the idea that you hear people say, but we got the proof of it, of like, this is a team sport. Yes. But but the, what makes this different to other team sports is the entire team is an on track there's yeah. two people on the track but it takes two thousand people to get those two people on the track and like, absolutely because the car is the teammate and the car is built by all of these engineers and all of these people like it another thing that i couldn't believe but made sense to me once i actually thought about it was like we walked past this one room and we could see into this glass and people were sorting things like yeah there were people just sorting things like oh well, I mean, of course, a lot of this stuff is handmade because what machine could build this stuff? There isn't a machine that can build an F1 car. Like it yeah. has to be built in parts by machines and then assembled and tweaked and tuned by human hands. And I just found that kind of beautiful, really, in yeah. some way. You know? Did you hear like, oh, like an F1 like steering wheel costs fifty thousand dollars? I'm like, that sounds ridiculous. No, it's because someone spends. A thousand hours soldering all the individual yep. wires and cables yep. and buttons and and like the the long like sort of cable runs that go like they're all like intricately like wound to go back to like the ECU and all these things like it's just it was such an amazing experience just to really visually see the amount of people machinery and hours it goes into every single f1 car every single design the fact that you know they've got the design office we got to walk right underneath adrian newey's office which i kind of nerd out a little bit um yep. and like we could see his drawing board you, we, see the we drawing saw the, board drawing the board. we did yeah we, we could yep. see it through the window um and it's just like the fact that they will draw something up and in the matter of hours they can have it prototyped printed yep. manufactured and ready to be tested and put on like a car run through whatever test they regiment they want it was wild like honestly yeah one of the coolest experiences i have ever had in my life of just i was seeing, just in awe yeah. An absolute awe for the whole day. It was it was so enlightening and humbling and yeah. just like it, it really like I think listeners of the show know how I've felt about Red Bull <laughs> I left feeling different about the team. Like it, in seeing all of these people care so much, I was just kind of like, you know what, you deserve it. You know? Yeah. Like you all worked really, really hard. 
and yep. now you are champions again. And yes. I just think seeing the people doing the work and how everybody we spoke to was so enthusiastic for Red Bull, I was kind of like, good work, you <laughs> yeah. know? It was one of those things where I think we had like quite a long shuttle ride back afterwards. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like we just sat there for like 20 minutes and all we could do is like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I said that like seven times like, wow. <laughs> it, is, it is one of those things where like it is unfortunate. We, we, we cannot give you the sense of what it was like no because way. like we can only kind of talk about it. You need to see it. They actually do, by the way. You can take a tour. Like you, yeah, there I, are tours that I, are available. I don't know how that works, and um, they were because uh, like so the way that it's set up in Milton Keynes is they essentially have so many buildings that they have roped off the street essentially. Mm-hmm. So um, I know that they previously had lots of people wandering around. I know that there's also like little gift shop area which is somewhat open. I, they have like security no, shacks I think on the you, side. You have to register for it, you but I, I think. Do. It is possible. Like the reason I saw this is I was the Red Bull Instagram account was promoting tours today. So like, wow, it is. Nice. It's a thing that you can do. Oh my God. I mean, and if you think about it, what we saw, it looked like it was set up. Right, True. there were like these little areas where they had things that were clearly part of a tour. It's like, yeah, take a look at this. Hold this. You know, like it was set up for tours. But, True. Uh, you know, you're not going to see the powertrains part Probably of it, not. For sure. <laughs> well, they said to us we were the first oh, you're right. media group to actually get a, a tour of the powertrains division. Yeah. Which which I did know a couple of people were really excited about. Most people didn't seem that excited about us being there. Well, oh, of course. Well, and that, <laughs> we're just like hanging around. Like, What's that do? You know? No, they were actually like doing dino runs. And we kind of went over there. And uh, I remember we were like, hey, can we take a look? And the guy goes... Sure, and he like flips the button, and you hear the engine. Well, that go, guy, <laughs> that guy yeah. was cool. That yeah. guy was cool. Right? <laughs> he just looked like he, he, nod. <laughs> he enjoyed us being there. He was like, "Oh, I'm gonna make this thing make some noise," and we yeah, were all just like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> you know? yeah it was but crazy then, good. so we did all of this, and then the following day, we are at the launch of the RB20, which was incredible. So like yes. we get there, it's like a whole thing. It's like it is quite a day. We get there, we go into I think they call it the heritage room. It's a room that you've seen on TV. Yeah. Red Bull have this have this huge room where they have this semicircle of their winning cars or like cars from their history. Um, and some trophies, you know, so we're hanging out in there, which is awesome, taking loads of f- photos and videos cuz it yeah. just looks so good. And then we're taken over into essentially a warehouse that uh, one of their warehouses where they've set up all of this stage stuff and, and roped off areas, you know, we got to see the, there were uh, interviews with Christian Horner and Adrian Newey. So we get to see those um, and the F1 Academy drivers as well. And also I don't think they interviewed Max and Checo at that point. They yeah, later, arrived yeah. when they, they lift up this thing and the car is there. Yes. Um, and then they came on and there was a bit more of that. And then, so that was really incredible. Like, the, the, I know you were especially excited about how good the production. Oh my was. god, it was it wild. was really good. It was just like because also, <laughs> it was we saw it in the morning and it went out as a live event like eight hours later or something, right? Yeah, yeah. So it yeah. essentially, it, they recorded the whole thing live. I think they literally paused for like ten minutes in the middle because they need to like readjust the cameras and they mm-hmm. kept going. So it was just a, a brief break. But like, yeah, the production was insane. Like. The hosts, yep. the, everyone kind of moving back and forth because like, we were right in the middle and like we're just waiting for them to get started. And, you know, I'm expecting, oh, you know, it's an event. It's going to take you know, an hour or whatever. And suddenly it's like we hear people talking. We turn around and there's like the host is like right behind us just like yep. giving her lines. And then like the screen's running. I was like, 
they're just doing this thing. It was just, it was so smooth. Like you can tell that Red Bull is a media company sort of first and everything else second because they had that thing absolutely on lock. Yep. Um, and then I know we should probably talk a little bit about it. The RB20 looks phenomenal too. Like it was a big. Scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone was it's like, a oh, scary it's, it's, it's going to be the same, right? And it's like, how about we just redo everything? And instead of being half a second ahead of you, we're a second ahead of you. That was kind of the vibe that we got. Yeah. Like, just looking at Adrian Newey, like, yeah, you know, we just figured we should, you know, make the car a little bit better this year. You know, last year we kind of tweaked it. And this year we wanted to kind of really go all out. It's like, last year well, wasn't all big, out. <laughs> the big FU of this car is it looks like they are trying the original Mercedes concept. Yeah, which well, is partially. I mean, yes. there's a lot of people say there is there is an element of it where yeah. they are going for a minimized side pod design. Yeah, like that's kind of what they're going for. Which is, if they make it work, it's just like, you know, why kick them when they're down? You know what I mean? <laughs> just like I don't think Red Bull know how to just you know uh-huh. what? Let's just let go easy a little bit and give them like a chance to catch up. But, I think they're like all out all the time. It seems like this car is incredible, right? Yes. I know these people are incredible. I've seen it. I can't help but question, why would you do this? Like, (laughs) it is really weird to me that they have taken a dominant car and just decided to do a new one. It's strange. Like, because everybody was, I mean, I'm not alone in my surprise about this. This was like the surprise of the F1 world, which was like, wait, they didn't just improve the RB19? Like, no, they've created a brand new car. Like, it's with a fundamentally different idea for how a car will deal with airflow under these regulations. Yeah. It's it's a strange move to me because it's like, I mean, sure, maybe it's faster, but like, what is it like at 25 laps? What is it like? You know, like, it, it, it is an interesting... It is a very interesting, a curious decision to me to go in in this direction. I think what it does show is that, like, whatever it was Mercedes was working on, there was merit to the idea. They just couldn't pull it off. But yeah. Red Bull were more confident that they can. Yeah, yeah, it does feel like that, right? Because uh, the the gist of it, so you can almost think about these cars, sort of these regulations, it's like a four-year span, right? So, you know, we've finished the first two years of the four. Mm-hmm. We've got 2024 and 2025 before they kind of redo the cars and kind of start over sort of from scratch, right? So from Red Bull's Especially with the engine changes too, right? Exactly, like it really yeah. is. We're, we're starting over. Exactly. The 2026 cars, they might not be like a complete ground. Well, actually, they will be, but they will be much, much more different than, you know, looking from 22 to 23 to 24 or whatever, right? So mm-hmm. it seems like from Red Bull's perspective, they went into uh, 2021, 2021? No, 2022, um, mm-hmm. with the ground effects and everything as sort of they had a good concept, but it was underdeveloped because they'd spent so much time fighting Mercedes and Lewis the year before to win the championship. So they kind of like mm-hmm. were a little bit on the back foot to try to get started for these next uh, regulations. And because they had of that, a very unreliable car. Right. Exactly, Th- and that's that car why was very, very unreliable at the start of the season. Exactly, which is why we saw Ferrari dominate. But once Red Bull really kind of got stuck in, they were really able to kind of get their heads around it. They were able to develop very quickly, right? So they were able to kind of get more and more performance, more and more performance. And again, coming into 2023, they were also able to get such a big leap that it seems like from the outside that they probably chilled out on the RB19 fairly quickly last year uh, and started switching over to this year's car, which you can only assume is the basis for next year's car as well, right? So like, hey, you know, if you can almost think about like the, the cars like a platform, you know, we have our core building blocks and we can do all the bits and bobs on top. 
there's always like a limit of the performance of the platform. You can add all the wings and bits and bobs and whatever, but it's only going to get you so much performance, which is kind of what we saw with Haas last year, where they tried to develop themselves forward and forward, but they sort of were running into yep. a cap of like they're just, they were fundamental performance sort well, of but Mercedes issues with the car. Is- is the perfect example for that, yes. right? Like they are the perfect, perfect example. They tried a second time and still couldn't do it. And now this year is a is a new yep. uh, concept. Yeah. And it seems car. like Red Bull are doing something kind of similar. Obviously, they were incredibly dominant last year. And there's zero doubt that they could have just tweaked last year's car and still done very, very well. But I'm assuming that they had ideas to go a different direction. They had the time, the luxury of time. They didn't have any of the penalties from the catering from a couple years ago and so what they were able to do is to essentially go with a very different concept which you can only imagine is going to be a step forward but probably more importantly has another year or two years of development sort of potential on top of it so that you know this rb20 is like sort of spec a well by the time they hit spec f or g or whatever the case is in 18 months from now as they sort of develop and develop and develop it that they are going to be in let's be real, a pretty good spot to win two more championships. Like That feels like kind of the the move that they've made here. Obviously, we'll have to wait and see, but based on what we've seen from testing, it looks pretty good. Like, uh, do you know, do you know did good. you hear what Max said about this car? No. <laughs> he said it suits him better. No! <laughs> Can you imagine how? How is that possible? It's so scary. They're so scary. They like the car is scary. They're scary about the car. Like I, I am just like, yeah. I'm do. I, I remain dubious. That's how I feel. Like I, I'm just Good. like, it, to me, it is like I have. I am very confident that they will win the season. Yeah. I expect it to be a little shakier, maybe in, maybe. in spots. We might get a bit of hope towards the start of the season. Is one. Is what I'm thinking. I would love to see. I mean, obviously, we'll find out really quickly over the next couple of yeah. weeks with the races. But yeah, it just, I just think this whole experience uh, was obviously incredibly kind of Red Bull to invite us mm-hmm. and to like sort of let Very us thankful. see this sort of behind the scenes. They were, uh, you know, gracious hosts. I think, as you said, sort of everyone who we met was enthusiastic and cool. Um, and it well, was. A I really, did just want to say real quick that yeah. the, the nicest person that I met was Max Verstappen. <laughs> I could oh, not. Yeah, we didn't even talk it. about this. Okay, okay, you, you should tell the story. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basically, we had the chance to spend some time with the drivers. We got to ask them some questions. And me and you were standing there. We were, Max was being interviewed by somebody before us. And Max was being very, very short with his answers to the questions. But it, honestly, like the questions were pretty basic questions, the kinds of questions that I'm sure he is asked all the time. Yeah. And so what I did actually quite enjoy, like being around him, is you could tell he was just kind of teasing, like he was having fun. <laughs> it kind of felt like how they say like lions play with their food. It kind <laughs> yeah, of had actually, that yeah. vibe to it where he's just like, he's just batting the interviewer around a little bit. And so like we were next and I'm like, oh God, I don't think he's in the mood for this. <laughs> and I mean, all credit to you. You had some excellent questions, which, I'm sh- oh, which I assume are part of the video, so we won't spoil it. Oh, we we can spoil a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, but like was, you, you were talking to him about about his sim racing stuff because yes. the, like one of the great memes of the off season is the man wins nineteen races and then decides to immediately go and dominate i racing and sim <laughs> racing. It's like, can you not just leave people alone? You know. And so but you asked you asked him some great questions, and he had some really insightful answers to the point where. 
it kind of felt like he was just enjoying having a chat with you. And, and, yeah. and in that moment, I kind of thought to myself, you know what? I bet he's just happy someone asked him something he is actually interested in talking about rather yeah. than the same question every 10 minutes for four days. And afterwards, you know, you t- I took a photo with two of you after and I asked if I could have a photo with him and she said yes to, which I was very thankful for and I got a photo with him. And I actually did say, because it was, as, it, as I said, it was an honor to meet you, which it is, right? It is an sure, honor yeah, to meet a world champion. And I meant it, I said, Good luck for the season, because I'm now, I'm now a Max Verstappen fan for the time being. In this brief window until the season begins, there you go. He's my bud. It was look like it was absolutely lovely. So uh, you know, it was my first time meeting Max as well, and you know, mm-hmm. I was a little nervous, as I'm sure you were too, because like you know, it was exactly right. Oh, We'd I seen- was I was <laughs> shaking holding the camera. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it, the adrenaline was really high because it was like this guy, you know, like it was. It was pretty nerve-wracking. Yeah, and it was like we had like so just a little like behind the scenes. So the way it was was that that whole uh, area for the launch that they had just you know filmed everything in. Essentially, there was media everywhere, and sort of the media all sort of picked a spot to hang out. And then sort of the driver and their sort of PR handler would sort of come by. So they're going from like person to person. You sit down there, you know, right a uh, couple uh, people in front of us, like you know, it was like the main F one crew, and they're asking him all the questions about the season and you know all the stuff about this and that. And so you know, like as he came to us, you know, kind of start chatting with him a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. give and the mic and the whole thing and um yeah he just immediately was just like cool and chill and i was like hey man i'm sure you gotta do like a hundred of these things but you know i'll try to make it quick and he's like oh yeah no worries and like you have big smiles like all right uh, let's go and then like he was just really into it and the same thing like right after like he was just really nice and very kind and like it was great like honestly like after as soon as i think we both uh, sort of said as soon as like he was done and he like, walked away we're like yeah, boy, we got it. That was oh, great. Yeah, it, was it was so <laughs> hype. It was so hype. And we, got, we also got to spend time with Checo too. I would Absolutely. say Checo, Checo was a little bit more tired, I think. He I was... think that he he kind of was over it. Yeah. Uh, but my favorite part of the Checo part is like, you go up to him and you're like, oh, hey, no. man, it's great to meet you. No, 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 this is good. And he's go like, ahead, ahead. I don't know if you remember, but we made uh, this video together and his PR person jumps in. It's like, oh, he does so much. He's not going to remember anything. Like, da, 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 da. And then you showed him the video and he's like, oh, yeah. And I won't say what he said because this is a clean <laughs> podcast. But he was like hyped as hell in that moment. And yeah. I loved it because like, you know, it must be he gets this stuff all the time. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Of like people are like, do you remember me? Da, 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 da. And like the PR person was immediately trying to like, like karate chop in and be like you know oh it's not his fault but like who's gonna no one's gonna oh, forget course. having a pc built inside of a racing like, yeah, yeah, no, he was being like oh like how many years ago was that when we did the microsoft xbox yeah. stuff and we got, got to yeah. chat so yeah it was it was obviously great to catch up with checo i agree he definitely mm. seemed like he was going through in fact we saw immediately after he talked with us he was like in front of like 30 press who were all asking all these questions yeah. a bunch of them were about some of the other it stuff seems too. like a rough day right like yes. a rough day that you yes. are going through because as you said like it was it was strange to me the way they did it but i like how they did it which was that i thought that they would just be positioned and it would just be like a rolling line of people going through and interviewing them but what yeah. they actually is they just walk them around yeah but like i mean we were in there for a couple of hours waiting for him and the whole time he's just doing interviews everyone's just back. interview after interview after interview yeah. and he, as we said it's the same questions over and over and over and over like it yeah, I, I do not envy that part of their jobs. 
Yeah, yeah. And then just to sort of round it out, we were very late for the shuttle. Like the shuttle driver was literally calling us, but uh, mm-hmm. we were able to briefly chat with Christian Horner as well, which obviously, you know, this is just a, a basic chat as far as like, oh, tell us about, you know, 20 years. And, you know, it was, he had, I mean, he had, a, he had a really interesting question of like an answer about like thinking about how AI yes. might affect car design, which, which has really stuck in my brain. Yeah. Because they have yeah. so much data about the cars and how they drive. And if you feed all of that in, mm-hmm. and like I could imagine a scenario where you're like, here's 20 years of data about how our cars work. Yeah. Here's the new regulations. What's this car supposed to look like? I just, I love the dichotomy of, you know, on one side, you've got uh, Adrian Newey sketching out designs. On the other end, you've got AI just churning <laughs> out. Like, I feel like they've just completely missed like the middle, which has been like Formula One for the last 20 yes. years. Like, oh, yeah, there we go. Especially <laughs> because Newey doesn't use a computer. That's yeah. what they told us. And he, sure, like Adrian Newey designs with pencil and paper. And then Christian Horner's like, we're going to use our AI to build a car. <laughs> I just thought we got a quote. Uh, someone was telling us how like, oh yeah, his uh, Adrian Newey's assistant has to print all of his emails out every day. It's just like, my dude. I love that so much, man. I want to live in that world. I want to live in that world where I don't ever have to actually open my email app and someone just gives me pieces of paper with oh, the emails on. It's just... But maybe maybe they want to make like Newey AI, right? Like that's what they're yeah. actually looking for. They take Adrian Newey, put him into a box and then just have him forever and it could just yikes cars. yikes that's black mirror if i've ever seen it but yeah man. but it was an incredible time uh, i know we spent a lot of time talking about this but it truly was amazing it was like it's so good and thank you to red bull Austin. Yes. thank you to you for for bringing me along it was oh, just so good man you, you such crushed a good time. it if uh if anyone I, wants I worked to watch hard you no, you did no if anyone <laughs> watches the video that goes live on the channel here and i think a day or two from when we're filming this um it was all shot by Mike, so you can give him a little shout out in the comments for Mike, the cameraman, because you you were holding it down, my dude. Doing my best. All right, we've got to make our predictions for the season, but I want to just touch on a couple of things from Drive to Survive. Yeah, just yeah. like a couple of things, as you said, like not too many spoilers, but there were just a couple of things that I, I mean, obviously, season's really good. Yeah. Again, I think that they've refound their place because I yep. think I think like season. four, Four maybe was the one where they basically were just manufacturing drama for yeah. zero reason, right? Yeah. And it felt like, you know, the sport and the fans were kind of upset and they got it back together again, I think. And this, is, I think, is another season where they're focusing on the actual real drama because there is always real drama. Um, and I also think that this season does a great job of reminding me and is a good thing to remind other people of in a year that was called like quote unquote boring because Max won all of them, there's so much stuff going on. Yeah. And, and it, it kind of made me feel like how I always say, like, I never find the races boring. Like, there's, I just love watching it happen. Like, I, yeah. it, it doesn't really matter to me in that way. Like, of course, I want to see more fighting at the front, but you just find other things to focus on. Like, there's always something happening up and down the grid. Um, but there were two, Two things specifically I wanted to mention that I loved. One is like something Lewis said when he was just like, reclaim my eighth. Ooh. Where it's just like, he has, Ooh. he's taken a different attitude about this now. I yeah. think maybe maybe it has now sunk in with him and he's come to terms with it, that he is now using what happened in 2021 as fuel, right? Like I, I feel like, it's taken time for him, understandably, to to come to grips with it. But like when he says it, you can see in his eyes that he likes what he's saying. Like it, it fires <laughs> him up. Yeah. Um, I really would love to know what. I don't know if you've seen the Mercedes episode yet. Not yet. No. I'm like halfway so through the season. 
There is an entire episode focused around Lewis resigning. Mm. Right. And so there's that is the episode. And there's also talk about him going to Ferrari and there's lots of quotes about Lewis would never go. Da, 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 da. I would love to know what happened between him signing that contract <laughs> and like six months later. Yeah. Like something <laughs> happened and I don't know if we're ever going to find out what it was, but I would love to know. Yeah. And then the last thing is James Vowles is my, oh my absolute God. hero. I love him forever and ever. Like I loved him before because yeah. I love how clear a communicator he is. But one, the great moment where like, he just cannot speak. But then also the caffeine thing. Yeah. yeah. So good. So good. And the, when he's like, we're talking about breakfast. And he's like, I don't want to have one of those acai smoothies. I'll have one of those tomorrow. Like the guy is like planning his entire weekend. Like oh, I'll tell yeah. you now, right? We say goodbye to Gunter. We welcome James. James I, is now the star of Drive to Survive. I um, love this guy so much. Yep. And he does such a great job. Like, Always, like he does a great job of explaining his role and like everything that he's got going on and that's really awesome but then also he is just quite a character like yes. he's just a character and so yeah. like for me better than Gunther and I'm sorry well, last thing I'll say okay, is okay easy there no, I mean like for me personally for <laughs> sure. me personally I, I kind of got over the Gunther bit a little bit but like what sure, I like sure. about James is like James is entertaining but he's also able to explain things to me where yes. I don't I just feel like Gunther was always just upset but, I mean, he had yes. good reason to be, but, like, <laughs> you know, I thought that having uh, uh, Claire Williams phenomenal w was such a great addition to this season because there's yes. so much um, drama in the team principal world. Yeah. Having an ex-team principal to be able to contextualize what's going on with the, in the mind of the team principal is so good considering – like I realize it in this season, how much of the show is actually focused around the team principles more than the drivers in a lot of instances. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I really enjoyed the season. I think it's a really good season again. And again, it's like just another thing that's got me so hyped for this weekend. Absolutely. I'll just give two quick shout outs to a couple of moments that I loved. Um, so uh, I would love to have been in the room in the edit when they're putting together that first episode. Um, again, very minor spoiler, but uh, Lance Stroll obviously had broken his wrist in a biking accident before uh, the beginning episode. of last season. And the bit of tape when they saw, they got Lance just casually saying like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go mountain biking. Smash cut two weeks later, he broke his wrist. The, the moment in that room when they realized that they had that bit of footage must have been the best like moment of the whole year. And like, yep. we got it, we got it. And then yep. the moment where I cannot believe that they would let them do this. Um, Zach Brown, obviously McLaren had it awful beginning of the season and like he's there in a meeting with his biggest sponsors like OKX and, and Google and Android and he's like basically having to describe them they're like hey yeah we spent our whole marketing budget buddy can you like you know make the cars faster he goes yeah yeah and then they cut to him like in the CEO of McLaren's office going yep understood understood I'm like I blah, 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 blah. that's like I, I was blah. really intrigued <sighs> about that meeting that doesn't seem like the way you would have that meeting that you Maybe. would have a meeting with two separate companies at the same time. So, I mean, maybe it is how they do it, but like, yeah. that seemed very weird to me. But also, I don't imagine that like the VP of Android cares about <laughs> staging something for Drive to Survive. But, like, it was just very strange. It was very, very strange to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like that whole thing. And like just the whole thing around sponsors in general. But yeah, also that, that first episode about Lance is really, really good. And it like, is good. 
I think it is the beginning of the Lance Straw Redemption arc. Wow, like, I think that far. Look, I'm just going to say, look, I think that that episode, it showed what I like about Lance. Like, an, I yeah. think that Lance gets too hard. Uh, uh, he gets he gets treated too harshly. I think yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Like I've said this on the show many times. Like there are people on the grid who are worse at their job than Lance Stroll. Like yeah. that is just a fact. But yeah. because his dad owns the team, people don't like it. But and I yeah. understand it. Like there would be a but there is but there is also a better person to race alongside Fernando Alonso. Like that person exists on the grid for sure. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. But that is the way it is. And if we're gonna have someone who has who is in it for pure money, at least they're not terrible. Like, yeah, and and I I just really respected him mm-hmm. for doing what he did to get back in the car, and I think that I think that the show did a very good job of showing his tenacity yeah. Yeah, in yeah, that yeah. moment, and I also think it did a good job of humanizing Lawrence, like that well, moment which they did their best. No, <laughs> the, that in, the interview that he gave when you could yeah. see that he was clearly emotional about yeah. the fact that his son was hurt more than his driver was hurt sure you know, like, yeah that that i felt was like you never really know right you don't know how this guy actually feels and yeah that was just i thought that was a nice moment it's again I, i've only made about halfway through the season so i haven't finished it yet but like from the Very episodes hard. i've seen it, it's a great season yes of course mm. there's always the people who are like oh that's the wrong clip from the wrong race or this i, I have yeah. no time for that i, just, I have no time for that you're making it's a, not necessary uh, exactly right like it's this like i care if they're making up drama right like a couple years ago yeah. that was a little bit much but like the way that they've gotten so many of the things like you know obviously they filmed all this way before gunther left the team but the episode was like you watch that episode and then you were like, oh, of course he left. Like, it seems like complete obvious. And yeah. like, you know, they obviously had to make that call beforehand. There's a couple of other moments that I definitely won't spoil, which were very much like, wow, there's like good detail. There's a like good sort of mm-hmm. actual behind the scenes. Like, I just feel like this year, there's a lot of things. Like, oftentimes, especially the last couple of years when I watched Drive to Survive, it's neat. It's interesting. It's a good like sort of refresher on the season. There's a little funny moment here or there. But this time around, it's like, oh, like all, every episode, I'm like, oh, that's how that happened. Oh, that's how they really hate each other. It's like, it's, you know, you hear yeah, bits the and Alpine pieces. episode yes. is really good because it tells more of the story other than just like, oh, everyone, mm-hmm. the story is just Pierre and Esteban just hate each other. Yeah. But you know, the, the de- I feel like I've never understood the detail. Same. And I still feel like there are key details that we yeah, don't know. <laughs> but I feel like I have a little bit more understanding for what happened to them when they were kids. Yes. You I, know, I, there's I, a little bit more there absolutely it was nice to get some of that and again that's like what i would like to see i've drive to survive you know i can read news articles and have see interviews and all that kind of stuff that's all fine that's all great but it's nice to mm-hmm. actually hear from the people involved the teams the drivers more just about what's going on sort of explain these things and so yeah just uh, kudos to the drive to survive team for actually like really getting some like actually interesting stuff and not just sort of a, a watered down kind of just summation uh, sum, summation summation of, Summary? the, uh, of the season Summary was summarization also the word. Look, man, <laughs> i'm ready for a year of f1 baby I'm, i don't have time so, to use my fancy words <laughs> before we go let's get our predictions on the board because look we, know. we wanted to do this after testing but realistically testing gave us nothing to talk about of like <laughs> like i've been listening to a lot of podcasts and stuff testing didn't really indicate anything we need to wait to see what free practice is like this week so let's just make our predictions as the reigning predictions champion you can yep. choose if you would like to go first or second i will defer to you my friend Oh, I was not expecting that. All yep. right, so 
But we will do this like one each, right? Yep. Yep. My first prediction: someone other than Max wins one of the first five races. Ooh, I like that prediction. I like the specificity of that prediction. Mm-hmm. Now that could be Checo, though, right? Sure. Okay, okay. I, you know what? I can get behind yeah, that. Yeah, but Max Verstappen won 19 races on the season. <laughs> so, you well, know, like, even if Checo wins, that's still quite incredible. But Max could stub his toe in, like, two weeks and decide not to show up or something. You never know. That, that's a good prediction. Uh, so, okay, so Max will not win all five of the first races. We could sort of sum up like that. If anyone else wins any of the first five races, then you get your prediction. Yeah. Okay, cool. I like that. i totally on board. All right. Mine, you're going to like this one. Lewis wins at least one final race with Mercedes. I think yeah, that's great. I love that. I love that. Yes, it, it's not a like. I actually don't feel confident in this. Like, if I was gonna like put betting odds on this, I would put more like thirty percent. I don't actually feel like it's gonna happen. I think it could happen. It also could easily just like not remotely be a thing. Um, obviously, Mercedes didn't win anything last year. Um, Lewis hasn't actually won since twenty twenty one, right? I don't think he won in twenty twenty two either. Um, but no, yeah, I, he, he has a, he has not won since the twenty one season. So this is actually a pretty risky pick. I agree. <laughs> I agree. But but it, just, it would be amazing. I mean, yeah. I I hope beyond hope that they have a really good season this year together. Like I I, I would love that. I mean, it would be so incredible if he won. It's not going to happen. But it well, would be. Wouldn't it be incredible? Wouldn't it? Be, no, like if he won the championship. Oh I'm yeah, that's happening. Right, but like, wouldn't it be amazing though? Like, yeah. it would be awesome. It would be like the perfect drive to survive season. Yeah. Uh, I. But look, I. It would be amazing to see him just do what you were saying. That like there is a yeah. he wins a race and yep. celebrates with the team and like that is a thing that that they can all take away for this year. Like that that would be pretty great. Yeah. All right. What's next? Talking about Mercedes. Yep. The Mercedes second seat yeah. is Ooh. filled by a driver currently Ooh. on the grid. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So this is a bold decision because obviously the yep. heavy room right now is they have, um, oh, I forget his name right now, the, um, the F2 driver who's uh, starting this year. Kimi um, Antonelli. Antonelli. Thank you very much. Um, who everyone's talking about is like as if he's going to be the next Max Verstappen, right? And he's... Going into F2 for his first season this year, and the sort of the current rumor is is that he, if he does well and wins this series, or does super, super well, whatever, is going to get that Mercedes drive that Lewis has this year. If not, you think someone like Alonso, maybe? No, I actually no. think it'll be Carlos Sainz on a one-year deal. Ooh, so, okay, now this is a deeper conversation, but I think just for mm-hmm. pre- the prediction, you're just going to say that, any someone the- currently on the grid. Someone right. currently do- on the grid this year okay. will jump in the seat. Because I, I understand this thing about Kimi Antonelli, right? What would be the harm in putting him somewhere else for one year? Yeah, which I'm sure was the plan before Lewis left anyway, yes. right? So yeah, no. It's a very bold move bec- to me to yeah. put a junior straight in at Mercedes. Like, I agree. The kid may be incredible, but like they didn't do that to George. Right, like yeah, they also George, weren't winning championships at the time, though. They might be a little bit more desperate to kind of make a bolder move compared to uh, winning five, six championships in a row. Like maybe, that, maybe, but like, do you want to take the risk of yeah, who, essentially a, a rookie? Like oh, yeah. he might need a year or two to kind of get up to space. So are you happy to be mid pack for that year because one of yeah. your drivers 
isn't doing so well. I mean, like, especially when, like, they're already risking it because, I mean, Lewis outperformed George quite significantly last year. We'll see how it goes this year, but you're already losing a huge point scorer for the team. Yeah. Wouldn't it make more sense to have someone who at least knows the tracks? Like, you know, like, I, yeah. To me, I don't, I'm not making a decision. I'm happy I'm not making it, <laughs> but I feel like at least a year at Williams. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, wouldn't yeah, yeah, that make more sense? Like, and Williams would love it, right? Yep. Logan's not lasting another year if he continues at this pace. Like, yeah. we've got like, oh, we have like a potential future world champion, pair him with Alex for a year, which would be yep. great for Williams if that kid really is that good. Like, it seemed bold to me to be like, we're going to bring him from F2 and put him straight in at the second best team on the grid. Like, that is, yeah. that's a Unless he truly is Max, but Max wasn't Max to start, right? Like the Max we have now, like he is incredible, and he was great then. But like it, it takes it takes time. A you have time. to learn finesse. You Same for learn. Lewis, right? Like yeah. Lewis had to come up. Like they actually, got here, Lewis almost up. won first try out at his. Uh, well, you know. he did this exact thing. He like <laughs> his first season was at a top team at McLaren and almost won the championship. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Like it's those those things happen every twenty years, right? So look, yeah. I'm with you on this one. Uh, I think it's probably similar odds to Lewis winning the championship, in my opinion. I think it's like odds okay. are he is actually going to not get that seat next year. I think that it'll go to Fernando, or it'll go to Carlos, or someone like that. I, I agree with you, but okay. God, oh, I would cool. love Fernando. Yeah, how spicy oh, would that, that would be? be? So good. He would be nice for ten minutes and then just go Fernando right back to and Fernando. George. Yeah. They seem to be friends. They would murder each other. That, they would not survive the year. It would no be a disaster. Shot. I love that at the Aston Lodge, Fernando was basically like advertising himself as like, hey, I'm the best person for that Mercedes seat. Uh, see you later, Lewis. Like, it was so funny. They're like, so what do you think? It's like, well, I'm the greatest driver of all time, right? It was, it was just yes. very funny. All right. Very good. Next prediction from my side. Uh, I'm going to say it. V-Carb, Visa Cash App Racing Bowl. V-Carb, V-Carb, V-Carb. RB, if you well, want to We haven't it. spoken about this. Visa Cash App <laughs> Racing Bowls. What That's, on earth? What is that? Hey man, what is that? I'm a big fan of it Visa. It seems like, Cash by the way, <laughs> they've gone for RB. Like, that's the... It is. RB, and same as, like, Sauber. They're calling it Sauber because there's issues with that, too. But it seems yeah. like they're the names that the commentary is given. But V-Carb. V-Carb. I'm, I'm going to say V-Carb. I'm going to try it for a few races, and I'll maybe go to RB. The problem is RB just sounds like Red Bull. So, uh, anyway, I don't like right. that either. Yeah, I don't like RB. I'll, I'll say V-Carb for now. My prediction... Mm-hmm. Fifth or better in the championship. I think they're going to outperform Alpine. I think they're going to outperform potentially even Aston, maybe. But I'm going to put them at number five or better in the championship. Uh, Let I me think, tell you right now, man. Yeah. If they do that, there is going to be... <laughs> it's going to be a bloodbath. So here's my reasoning. The car looks good, right? They were already making good progress last year. They in, uh, inherited a bunch of RB19 parts, so they've got some suspension stuff. So This is what I'm saying is yep. going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> yep. But here's the other thing. I think Daniel and Yuki, actually good pairing. I think that mm-hmm. those two, they work well together. I think they're both hungry. And also, they've both got the incentive. Because look, I'm not going to say it, but it feels very much like that is somewhat a shootout to get that second Red Bull seat. Now, mind you, Carlos is also absolutely in the mix of that too. Maybe even Fernando, who knows, right? Yeah. But like, I it, don't think it's going to go to either of them. I, I don't. Well, I, I know not. it hurts people in their soul, but like, I think they're both great in V at V Cub. I don't probably. See it. I well, don't you know, see it. Here's the thing, though, right? 
even if neither of them actually get the seat, I think both of them will have all the incentive in the in the world to yes. give it a hundred and ten percent. And if that car yes. is halfway decent, I think that's enough. I mean, Alpine seem like they're absolutely nowhere. Like it just even like McLaren seem like they may be a little bit vulnerable. Like I could see Vcar being not in that sort of that bottom tier group with like Haas and everybody. I think actually they could be up there. With Will, with sorry, not Williams. I think they're going to be above Williams. I think they could be up there with Alpine and McLaren. So that's my 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 prediction. I don't feel super strong about it, but I'm just going to be bold with it. I think they're going to be fifth or better in the championship, almost certainly being yeah. someone like Alpine. I like the thought that Danny and Yuki will be giving it all the beans. Like yep. they will be trying so hard. Yep. And so yes, there is a possibility that with a decent car under them, which you would expect the V car probably will be this time. That they would that they would perform well, and so like I am agreeing with you on this this pick. I I still just I just don't think that the two of them are the are the, the pairing like with Max. Yeah. Like I I, don't, I just don't see it. I agree. Um, really, really, it's I'd love to like, see it, but I don't think it's happening. But I think they'll be motivated. Yeah. I think V Carb will be pretty they'll good be this year. I think it's going to be a very good team for V Carb slash AlphaTauri slash Toro Rosso slash Minardi. I, I genuinely, I genuinely could see they just give it to Liam Lawson. They give him the Red Bull seat because that is a very Red Bull thing to do. <laughs> they just Liam just hopscotches both of them. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> well, but that's they, they've done this. This is the, they've done this weird kind of stuff before, right? Like yeah. where they, they have. Wasn't that what happened to Alex? Uh, Alex had a half season at Toro Rosso before yeah. they swapped him with Pierre. So yeah, so basically, and that's weird. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like they, they do weird stuff like that. Yeah, summer like, break. I think we'll we'll know much more by about what halfway the plans through are. the season. Yuki yeah. or Danny, one of them could be gone. Possible. Yeah. Or yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they did it. Yeah, they did it right. So like you know, and they put Liam in like because if they really well, want to see, Rick in, and then Liam subbed in for Danny Rick while he was injured. But still, yeah, it was. I just no, but. They got rid of Nick DeVries. Yeah, but for Danny Rick, not for Yeah, for but Liam, what yeah. I mean is I could imagine a scenario oh. where halfway through the season, oh. Yuki or Danny are kicked out, Liam Lawson's put in. Oh, that's, that's how you decide up, which one of the three of them takes the second seat or Red Bull. But it's Ugh. what they do. They yeah, do this stuff. So I like, like that. Oh, I don't okay. want it to happen, but it's yeah. what they do, right? And so like it would I think it is very clear that they have three people, four people for one seat. Yeah, right. Sergio's yeah. still in the car, right? Like, the, and you got to assume Carlos, man. They, they, Carlos has got to be like their number one target. Right? I'm just They've talking about in the Red Bull program. Yeah, let yeah. alone the other people that they might want, right? Like, yeah. the, so it's we'll see how it goes. Uh, but what I say about bloodbath, if that V card performs really well, every team that's below them will be launching protest after protest about the yeah. fact that it's made in part from RB19 parts, which is borderline, I think. Well, I mean, because there aren't, there's no one else is doing this. It's weird. Wasn't it uh, 2021 or whatever? Aston kind of just copied the Mercedes, and they mostly got away with it, but they got a little slap in the wrist because I think they got a little too punchy with like the brake ducts or something. Like, but I is think, copying different well, to the teams are under the same ownership? Well, That's I think where it gets a little bit more weird, uh, right? Because it's like what realistically stops one designer doing this and giving it to the other one? So, like. There certainly uh, are rules as far as what parts that you can sort of just freely share, what parts you have to get from like a year old, yada, yada, yada. I'm sure that VCarb have tried their best to be sort of as, 
you know, thorough as possible, but just much like Aston Martin straight copied the car and just had a little, you know, tweak here or there. Mm-hmm. They accidentally, or I think they accidentally used slightly too many parts like the brake ducts were, which is why they got in trouble. So I can see something like that happening. Hopefully V-Carb were very on top of things and they didn't accidentally take one too many parts that they were supposed to or whatever. But you're right. If they are good this year, and I think they'll be pretty good, the knives will be out for any sniff of something that is wrong i mean it yeah we'll see so that's my prediction fifth or better baby all right my third and final prediction doubling down on daddy vows Ooh, okay uh, williams score more points than in 2023 so they finished seventh quite a ways 28 clear. points yeah 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 so they did quite well the best time mm-hmm. uh 2023 was their best finish in i don't know like a uh, long time quite a while yeah yeah so you think that maybe they won't actually finish sixth, but they'll get more points at least. Is that the yeah. prediction? Yeah, more that's part? my prediction. It's more points. I mean, look, it's riding on two things. Uh, it's Alex. It's all riding on Alex. Yeah. Right? It's still a one-person but also, team. Yep. <laughs> this is like a full season. You know, they've had their first season. It's like a full season. We yeah. start from the – right? Because Vows came in, like the season was beginning. They've now had the time to gel. They've mm-hmm. had a whole time to produce a car together. Yep. I'm expecting, with all of that, same as I'm actually expecting with Ferrari, improvements to be made, mm, and mm, and yeah. I'm and I'm thinking that Williams was so surprisingly performant, yeah, last year, yeah, yeah. I am expecting big things from them this year. I'm expecting some like, you know, uh, look, I'm not expecting obviously a podium, right? Sure. I'm not expecting that, but yeah. I am expecting that like. They may be closer to that than we expect, right? Like, I could see that happening because Alex had such a great season. Yeah. Working with what he had, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think that's a very reasonable uh, prediction. I I think my gut here is that V-Carb are still going to have the edge on Williams. I think it's probably going to be more so, like, how far do Alpine fall? Because I don't see Hasser clearly nowhere. I think Sauber probably really aren't making a lot of progress. So it's, like, sort of in that kind of bottom-ish sort of group. Mm -hmm. A few points, much like last year, a few points can make a big swing. So, all right, I'll, I'll take that one. That, that's you've got some solid predictions. I feel like you've Thank got you. some safe ones. You got some safe ones. Not to, uh, how dare you? Not not to throw some shade or anything. Uh, I got a little bit of a spicy one. Okay, give it to me. See, this is what the winner does, by the way. Previous winner gets gets too overexcited, and they Lando wins his first race. Oh, Asterisk. I just died. The- Asterisk. I had this. Did you? <laughs> Lando wins a race, sprint yep. or Grand Prix. Is That's that your no, pick? Literally, my, my, my sub bullet is a sprint race counts. Yes, that is exactly it. <laughs> that, was, I, I, that was in there and I was like, oh, then I had, then I had a thought about Mercedes score more points and yep. then I was like, oh no, I prefer Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, okay, great. I so love both, it. We can share this one then if you want. We're, we're both <laughs> no. rooting for Lando this year. Yes. I really, really, really want it to happen, and I'm so worried that Oscar's going to do it first. Well, he already got the and sprint will, win last year. I know, so, but yeah. I, I mean like a Grand Prix win. Mm-hmm. I, I'm worried because <laughs> I'm worried what that would do to Lando. Like I, I, I genuinely feel like there's nobody on the grid for me that deserves a win more than him. Like yeah. He has proven it. He has been so close. Like like uh, Sochi 2022? 2021, I think? 2021. Like that, when yeah. it was 
you know, he was he was in the he was in the lead for the vast majority of the race, and they made yeah. a wrong call on tires. Yeah, and it rained, and he span out and yep. lost it, and like right towards the end, absolute heartbreak. He deserves a win. He yes. like I think he has the most talent on the grid to have never won a Grand Prix, like Ooh. at the moment. Yeah, yeah, he's got it right. Pretty much everyone who I would consider to be like an elite driver has at least yep. won all races. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, he he's definitely due. Uh, I think this is actually the riskiest pick of all of these. I don't yeah. know how good that McLaren is. They had obviously That's like a problem. huge swing last year where they had a really underdeveloped car. They you know halfway through the season rolled out a massive upgrade, uh, but then it felt like they were maybe sliding down a little bit last year. Like it feels like sort of with the regulations the way they are, with the cost caps the way they are. There's sort of like waves, right, of each team. Like sort of like you know, you you bank up all your potential improvements. You throw it on the car once. You hope it works. Either it does, it doesn't. Same thing with Aston last year, where they sort of had a huge boon, and then they sort of kind of went downhill, downhill, downhill. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a very risky pick for McLaren, or specifically for Lando to win a race. I would say if I was gonna put odds on this, twenty percent. Like it's not good for him to do this. It's risky for a bunch of reasons. Like it's yeah. risky because like what's the McLaren like, but it's also risky because what's the Red Bull like? What's, what's the, the Ferrari like? What's, what's the Oscar Mercedes like? like? Yeah. What's Oscar like? Yeah, it is a it is a big hill to climb. Yeah, but I do believe if it's climbable, he will do it. Agreed. It right. He like, needs a little he, bit of luck and a decent car, yeah. and he, I think he yeah. could absolutely do it. So that's my third prediction. It's the the scariest one because I don't think it's gonna happen, but. Like you said, I'm going to be a little risky this year. And uh, if I get it, I feel real good. Because I like the fact that we had the exact same one, even oh, down to the so sprint. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'll recap them. So Austin's predictions are Lewis wins a race, V-Carb plays fifth or better, and Lando wins a race, sprint or Grand Prix. You're very anti-Max in your predictions here. You know, like Well, what's the prediction you've got, for Max? There's two Grand Prix. There's two Grand Prix that he's not got to win Oh in yeah, your no, mind. Look, I don't think, okay, if we were going to add like a sub-bullet, He's not going to win 19 Grand Prix this year. He's going to win a bunch. He's not going to win 19. That ni- 19 is a weird aberration. I-, I think as good as that Red Bull uh-huh. is, 19 was unbelievably consistent. I think he might win 15 or 17. I think there's... I- Wouldn't, that be, Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great? Like, genuinely, like, yeah. let him win the World Championship. Yeah. I don't care, right? Yeah. But it would be such an exciting season if he wins less. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> it means someone else is going to win more, right? And that yep. will be fun. That will yep. be that will make if that's the case, that will make this season a lot more fun because it will feel more unpredictable, and that's kind yes. of what we needed because it seemed like very predictable at a certain point. Yeah, uh, my predictions are someone other than Max wins one of the first five races. Maybe it's Lando. Who knows? <laughs> uh, the Mercedes seat will be filled by someone currently on the grid, and the will and Williams will score more points than they did in 2023. You know what, man? I'm looking at these. They feel good. They feel good. I, wouldn't it be great if we got them all? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is that possible? Actually, yeah, no, I think it is possible, It's right? possible. It's possible for every single one of these to be correct. So, uh, Lewis or Lando need to win one of the first five races. Mm-hmm. Um, Fernando needs to get the, the Mercedes seat. Uh, Danny Rick and Yuki need to score a gajillion points, as Williams will, and everyone else needs to score nothing. Yeah, that checks out. Mm-hmm. We, we can make There are happen. a lot of people that could get that Mercedes seat. Alex yeah. Albon, right? Whoa, uh, that'd be spicy. Right, it could be. Uh, I I still think it could be Carlos. Yeah, uh, there there are many people who would take that seat if given. I mean, I would love yeah, to be Lando. It can't, it's not going to be. Not going to happen. Oh, not going to happen. Lando and George. Oh, now that would be Woo! quite apparent. Quite we'll be back later on in the season. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you all. Goodbye. Adios. 
And we'll see you at the next F1 factory that we can sneak our way into. Don't forget, the first two races of the season, they're on Saturdays. Do not forget this information. <laughs> very, very important. If you wake up Sunday morning, you'll be very sad. Very sad. Very sad.